is part two of week 10 of the Brodo part Fantasy two. Football Podcast. A, remi- a reminder, you can get all Brodo action at BrodoFantasy.com. If you have not already, go check that out. Thank you so much to the thousands of people who are checking out the site right now and giving us a uh, a, a big-time boost in the viewership, and we really appreciate that, and we hope we are... Um, we hope we are giving you fantasy championships because that's our goal at the end of the day. Also, patreon.com slash brotofantasy if you want to support the show. We are hoping to make this our full-time jobs, and we want, and in order to have that, we need to make money. So if you want extras, um, including uh, access to the Discord, including access to our DMs, including uh, extra episode for waivers, uh, including uh, leagues that you can play in. We have a Dynasty League that is on and popping. I am in first place. Yay, Yay, after starting Devontae Booker like a G last week. Um, and yes, uh, BrotoFantasy.com and Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for more BrotoFantasy. And with that, let's get into week 10 part. Go ahead, guys. Say it. Go ahead. Say Duh. it. Part Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Do you know what annoys me so much about duh? It's not that it's not that you say it. It's that like you act like it's because it's French. But it's not, and I know it's really because Back in the day, we used to be obsessed with that VH1 show, I Love the 90s, or I Love the 80s, I Love the 70s, and they used to come out with a part that said part duh, and I know that's where you guys got it from, and it pisses me off more. Whoever said that wasn't the case. I I didn't, and it pisses me off, man. Well, pisses me off, man. French, though. Yeah, but, it's, but you didn't get it because of the French. You got it because of I Love the 90s. All right, so stop acting French. Part duh. All right? It's it's not nice to act French when you're not French. <laughs> Let's go. I'm cracking myself up. Let's go over to the first game. What do you guys say? Let's do it. Duh. Broncos at the Raiders. Let's start with the Raiders. Nelson Aguilar has come out of nowhere and become a, a, a TD machine. So far, he's been TD dependent, but he's been catching those TDs. Had a goose egg, but besides that, he's been a very quality wide receiver. Uh, the only problem is... A.J. Boye and Bryce Callahan are both expected back this week. Callahan, in particular, has been having an amazing year. He's he's rated top 10 in PFF, looking like he's ready for the Pro Bowl. Uh, I don't know what it is with Fangio and Callahan, but these two guys, they know each other. They they thrive together. So he's coming back this week. A.J. Boye coming back this week. So the pass-catching options not looking as good as they did. Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar, um, a little white guy in the slot. Uh, which 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 you guys uh who you who you who you looking at this week? Hunter Renfro. There you go. <laughs> little white guy in the slot. That's basically uh, is there another little white guy in the slot besides a Hunter Renfro in the league right now? Um, Danny Amendola, Cole Beasley. I'm an idiot. There's oh there's, Trent a, Taylor. there's literally a million of them. Literally, well, as I was, little white guy is the official is the official motto of the slot receiver. As I was saying it, I I End knew it was dumb. fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all little I, white guys. hey, I'm not little. I'm, I'm exactly, I'm 5'9". I'm exactly average height for a, a male. And my right, wife is 5'4", who is exactly average height for a female. We are mad just average like, in terms of our height. Just like your fantasy advice. Exactly average, but me and Jason boost you up. 
<laughs> but yeah, dude, Nelson Aguilar, despite the lack of targets outside of that nine target game, gets two or three targets a game and somehow keeps finding the end zone. It's a little ridiculous. Denver has not been a great pass defense. I know you said Callahan and Boye are coming back, but we'll see how effective they are coming off uh, time missed. It definitely is a boost to that secondary, but at this point, to say Aguilar, he was my sleeper last week. I said as a high upside wide receiver three, ended as wide receiver twenty seven. Um, at this point, he he's a strong flex play because he has that huge potential to catch a long pass, as he's been doing over and over and over. And the Denver pass defense has just not been good this year. That defense overall has been much better uh, against the run than they have been through the air. Justin Herbert absolutely torched them. Um, through the air last week excuse me not last week yeah that was no two weeks ago excuse me and then matt ryan torched him through the air last week mahomes the week prior it's just it's been a feast for every team playing against the denver secondary so nelson Aguilar is an intriguing wide receiver three flex option for me again this week uh jason how about the other pass catching options rugs ran for you taking a chance on them no uh Renfro just, I mean, both of them aren't getting enough work. Henry Ruggs at some points looks like the fifth option on this team. Like, there's always a chance that he's he can break out a long one, but he hasn't received more than four targets in a game since week one. And that game, he had five targets. So, like, I, I'm not touching Henry Ruggs. He has one game all year inside the top 36. Um. The reason why you might not want to touch these guys is because Darren Waller is as locked and loaded as tight end gets. He's had a couple bust games, and you can, you always expect that out of tight ends. And this isn't the best matchup, but Darren Waller, you got to go forward and say, hey. Yeah, man. I mean, he had 10 targets last week. He is the Raiders wide receiver one. Just let's make that clear. So, yeah, you're starting yeah. Darren Waller week in, week out. Darren Waller yeah. is what I hoped Mark Andrews would be. He is what season. he thought he was. Um, Josh Jacobs finally found the end zone again for the first time since week five and had a good game. He's set to see a lot of work yeah. in this game, particularly if, well, he had a good fantasy game. Um, a little bit inefficient. Devontae Booker behind them had a big run. And I want to, and I want to say that again, uh, 72 font capital G on the fact that I started Devontae Booker in a league and won that matchup. Cause you know, wipe me down. Cause it, the swag is real. Just, you know, the juice is just, it's, it's too much. Um, <laughs> I moved to remove Tim from Proto Fantasy. <laughs> Don't be mad because you because you ain't got the juice. You can blame it down my juice, baby. All right, I'm done with you. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> I don't love this week. Denver is a tough matchup. They're, I believe they're the eighth best against fantasy running backs. And Josh Jacobs has seen exactly one target two games in a row now. He does not have a role in the passing game. It sucks. I don't know what happened to he him. He hasn't too, had like... more than 15 receiving yards in a game since week four. So he's strictly a running back, and so that means he's a touchdown-dependent one because even if he gets over 100 yards, he gets 10 points. So at this point, he's a touchdown-dependent RB2 in my eyes, and Denver's a tough matchup. Unfortunately, it's... Uh... It's true. Uh, Josh Jacobs is not who we thought he would be after that big week one performance where he was involved in the passing game as well. And Denver has been strong on the ground. Um, Less than 750 rushing yards this season. 
not even 100 yards per game on the ground so far. So it is, it may be a tougher day for Jacobs than you'd like. Um, he's going to be touchdown or bust, I agree. I tend to be on the other side of this one. Uh, I I know I'm not expecting Josh Jacobs to, to go crazy or anything, but I do think that this game uh, in particular, because these are two people that know each other very well, is going to be a battle of field position. It's going to be a battle of who can have the ball longer. It's going to be a battle of who can do who can turn over the ball the least. And I think that that plays into a high-volume role for Josh Jacobs. So I do see, although the Broncos have been good against the running back, I do see volume kind of outshining that. Um, so I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be great, but I do think he gets, you know, 25 carries in this game, in which, you know, you, you want someone who's going to touch the ball 25 times. Um, on the other side, the Broncos, Jerry Judy did not practice after he had his explosion, the game that people have been waiting for. Um, Noah Fant was limited in practice. Uh, he was looking phenomenal and then hurt himself and looked bad after that on the ankle. Drew Locke, this guy just does nothing for three and a half quarters and then becomes the best quarterback in the league. How do you feel like about the this? New, he's like the new Blake Bortles that we came yeah. in a Rob one the year him and a Rob went off together. Exactly. So, um, I mean, this is a positive matchup. The Las Vegas Raiders have not been good against the pass who benefits. Yeah. I think Locke is a strong streaming option. Again, this week, back to back weeks over 20 fantasy points. And, Guess what? It doesn't matter if he's going to have three points entering the fourth quarter, if he's going to end with 20-plus, because that's how fantasy football works. And he's going to be set to throw early and often again against Las Vegas, I think. Um, I think he's a solid streaming option because he also, as we saw last week, he isn't afraid to use his legs if he needs to as well. He ran in a 10-plus yard touchdown, I think. How many yards did he end up having on the ground, Jay? Like almost 40? Yeah, 47 yards on the ground overall, and uh, Las Vegas has given up over 100 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks this year, so you keep an eye on that as well for a little boost to his fantasy stats. But I do think Locke is a... If you were streaming him last week and you're a streaming quarterback type of guy, I would not be fully against just leaving him in your lineup. You do like Locke a little more than me. I just, I'm a little concerned about the matchup. Like his last two games against the Chargers and Atlanta, Vegas isn't on that level offense wise. He's been able to put up points late in the game because they need to come back. Vegas isn't a team that's going to put up points super fast. They're going to run the ball. Their car is going to throw the ball efficiently, but like he's going to make efficient passes. He's not going to challenge anyone too much unless he's throwing to Nelson Aguilar, of course. So I'm not sure if this is the game script for Drew Locke to have that type of comeback and put up fantasy points. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a this is a vulnerable defense, so it's hard to say don't start Drew Locke, but it, it's, you know, like, what can you do when the facts is the facts? Let's go over to the, the backfield. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Dude, what the fuck happened to this guy? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. He did play 60% of the snaps to Lindsay's 38%, yet he was out-carried and out-targeted, which was odd. Against Las Vegas, I think they're both low-end RB2 flex options because Las Vegas is atrocious against the running back. It's just, it's just tough to trust either of these guys because they're vulturing each other, and Melgo has just not been what you've wanted him to be for... A couple of weeks now, he's uh he's not looked great at all. 
He had seven touches against Atlanta. Jeez Louise. Yeah, and to, to be out-targeted by Philip Lindsay is rough because it seemed like Melgo was the clear pass-catching favorite as well. Um, Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I uh, think I do think I do think Tim Patrick is a solid flex wide receiver three if need be option again. The dude just continues to to ball honestly, and he's he's there. He's one of um, Locke's favorite red zone targets. Now Albert O is out the season as well, and Albert O has been stealing some red zone targets. That's gonna have to go elsewhere. So I think Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy is the the fun one, the one you want to start, uh, the exciting rookie. But I think Tim Patrick is up there as well as a solid wide receiver three flex play um, in a matchup against Las Vegas. Uh, let's go over to our next game, the Chargers at the Dolphins. I want to talk about Kalen Balaj first. Jason, did you say my good luck Chuck thing on, on air on Monday? I haven't had a chance to listen. I did, yeah. So I, I called Jason. I was like, yo, Jason, Kalen Balaj is like good luck Chuck. Like one of the worst movies ever with Dane Cook and Jessica Alba where uh, – not Kalen Balaj, Adam Gase – where the person who dates Dane Cook always gets married right after with the person that they that they meet right after. Dude, Adam Gase is that. This guy touches someone, turns them to shit, and then they become prom king, prom king and prom queen. Uh, Kalen <laughs> Balaj sent to the practice squad, but we I do have to tell you this about the practice squad. So this year they do they did make a difference. So before when you claim someone off the practice squad. In order to put them back on the practice squad, they had to pass through waivers. That's not the case this year. You could do that back and forth three times without putting them through waivers. So you're going to see a guy like Kalen Balaj get sent to the practice squad, and then they're going to wait till uh, Justin ja- Justin Jackson is actually not um, clear to play. And then you'll see Kalen Balaj, when he's inactive, come back off the practice squad um, because they're not just going to give the ball to Joe Kelly. So Kalen Balaj. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I mean, he's going to play well. It's Balal, but I do think that he's someone you need to consider. I mean, he's on the practice squad as we speak, but I don't think he's going to remain there. They clearly don't trust Josh Kelly. And I think the person that's interesting is Tremaine Pope. Uh, practice in full Wednesday. He missed last week because he was injured, but that was with a concussion. So it's probably just a one-week thing. And last time he played, he saw 10 carries and 7 targets. So... If Balaj doesn't get called back up, then Tremaine Pope is my preferred option between him and Kelly. Yeah, it seems like no matter who the other running back is in Los Angeles, Kelly is going to play, is going to be the backseat guy. Because to, to get out played by Kalen Balaj was just, I didn't even know Kalen Balaj was on the Chargers. Until I, I saw Balaj getting carries, yeah. and I was like, what's going on? Because Justin Jackson got hurt. Yeah, just so odd. So they clearly are not nearly as high on Josh Kelly as they were early in the season when he was getting 20-plus carries, and he started losing fumbles, and his efficiency declined. So I'm I'm with Jay. If Jackson and Pope are out, Kalen Balaj becomes an interesting flex play, as disgusting as that sounds. Um, if Pope plays, I Pope's think gonna Pope, play. You got a full practice in. Then Pope may end up being an interesting flex play as well. I'm, I'm interested to see if Balaj gets activated off the practice squad because then that would uh, blurry things up a little bit more as well. So either way, I'm not 
looking to really trust Josh Kelly this week as more than a really low ceiling flex play. Like if you want five to eight points, I guess Josh Kelly is your guy. <laughs> yeah, I want that. Um, a lot of people in the Chargers have been cooking, and we'll talk about those cookers in a second. But one guy who hasn't been ever since Justin Herbert came over, Hunter Henry. Man, Hunter Henry has been low-key a bust this year because people were drafting him in the fourth, I mean the seventh, eighth round, and he has not been good. He's only had two games over 10 half PPR points, three straight absolute stinkers, Mark Andrews style. What do you do with Hunter Henry? Yeah, dude, it's like at least if you had Mark Andrews, this guy had three games where he might have won. You, yeah, he might have won you a week. Yeah, inside of the top three tight ends. That has not been the case with Hunter Henry. His one game is tight end ten, and that's it. That's his best game to date, which is just atrocious. And as I stated a couple of weeks ago, um, Justin Herbert seems to be a funnel type of guy. He likes to throw to three people. Mike uh Mike Williams seems to be creeping up that board over these last few weeks. I have no interest in Hunter Henry this week because Miami has also allowed zero tight end ones this year. So I'm just not here for Hunter Henry, as the kids would say. I'm not here for it. <laughs> as the kids would say. As the kids would say. Uh, speaking of the kids, Justin Herbert, man, we've been talking about a guy who's been cooking. He's been on fire. This is going to be a good test for him, I feel like, because the Dolphins' D has been playing out of their minds the last two weeks. If you have just well, not Mar- against Kyler Murray. Murray looked like one of the best players of all time against Miami e- defense, besides even, the strip sack. Even then, they had yeah, they had the strip sack. Um, you're right. I mean, Kyler. I think that's more of a of a situation of Kyler Murray being very good rather than the Dolphins' defense being bad because that secondary is still one of the best secondaries in the league. I don't think you can you could say anything bad about them. Um, yeah, Murray's been skyrocketing it up, uh, true throw value board. I mean, he's been throwing better. Like he's, he's yeah. you can see it. It's a, it's a, it's a visible improvement. Um, but Justin Herbert, he gets a good matchup in this game, and his playoff schedule. Are you ready for this, guys? Because I, I need to tell you this. Are you ready? Hit me. Atlanta, Las Vegas, Denver. Yum. Yum, Yum is right. So Justin Herbert, if you have him on your team, Fuck I, just I playoff schedule. After this week, he gets the Jets and Buffalo as well. Yeah, and you know the only real hard task that he has is New England, so that's that's a, a really sexy matchup. Really, uh, just sexy, snexy, schlexy, all over. Justin Herbert, what do you think about him this week? You're firing him up, man. This guy is breaking records left and right. He's gonna throw the ball forty times. He's gonna get at least twenty rushing yards. That's it. It's simple sometimes. Um, and Keenan Allen is the best player ever with him. So keep firing up Keenan Allen, too. This guy has seen double-digit targets every game he's been fully healthy with Justin Herbert, besides week one. If he finds the end zone, which he has in one, two, three, four of his last six games, he's in the top 12. Better, like he's been finding the end zone more with Herbert, and Herbert just peppers him with targets. Even better yet, Miami is 26 in DVOA against a slot against a slot receiver. At the boom-boom. I did boom, boom, boom. Hey, hey, say, way, yo. Yeah, I'd be hard. What? What's the word? I keep forgetting pressed. it. Hard bent? Pressed. Hard pressed. pressed? I keep, I did this last week too. I said like hell bent or something. Is that a hard bent or hard pressed? I don't know. I'm losing it these days. It's but uh, I'm starting, I'm starting Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like, I don't see how you can't. I know Mike Williams had that big stinker in between the uh, the games where he's been very good. 
but with the way Hunter Henry's been going and Miami's defense against opposing tight ends, K.A. and Mike Williams have to be started, in my opinion. Uh, they both have very high ceilings in this one. And Herbert, you're starting because there's no way you sit him with the way he's been playing. K.A.? K.A., I'm K.A. King uh, Allen, bro. <laughs> um, let's go over to the other side of the coin, the Dolphins. To attack of Iola. Uh, did I say that right? I said that right, right? Good job saying that right. Did we talk about Mike Williams? Yeah, Michael just talked about him. Do you want to add something? Quickly? Yes. No, uh, it's all good. I'm oh. sure Michael said like he's basically getting Hunter Henry's targets now or something along that sort. Yeah, he's been balling out, um, basically. So Tua... Completed a pass to seven different receivers last game. Threw a pass Not to same. nine different receivers last game. Um, he looked good. Like, he he was toe-to-toe with Kyler Murray. Uh, 20 of 28, 248 yards and two touchdowns. Like, this dude looked good. Um, also ran the ball seven times for 35 yards, which you got to love. When when's enough to see, When do you see enough from Tua to say, hey, I want to start him this week? I think people are getting a little too... Crazy here with Tua, a little too rookie crazy because you know Joe Burrow, a little too hard on it's the been beaver. A, it's been a good year for rookies outside of Jonathan Taylor. I feel like every rookie has either met or exceeded expectations that they had earlier in the year at this point. Yeah, Joe Burrow has been very solid in plenty of games. Justin Herbert has been unreal. So I think people are just assuming Tua is going to be the next one up. Yes, he played well against Arizona, but I mean, he didn't even top 250 passing yards. Um, Ah, he got 248, bro. Relax. I know, but that's what I'm saying. People are acting like Tua had this, like, amazing game. It's not like, huh? You're a a nitpicker. You're a nitpicker. Oh, nitpicker. Um, I guess you could say I'm a nitpicker, but I also want to see him do it again. Like, I'm not just going to pick him up and start him against Miami. Like, you you guys are okay? Like, with the way Miami's defense has been playing overall this season, just picking him up and starting him? But that's what... Like, that's what's happening, though. What are you talking about? Yeah, Mi- also, Miami's defense. Talking about the Chargers defense? Excuse me, the Chargers defense. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you like got to see defense, to make it official? The Chargers defense has not been great, but the, it's not like they're a, like the worst defense in the league. No, they got good I'm talent. Just, I don't really want to. I don't hate starting him, but the thing is, like, this is a new year. Like, quarterbacks are scoring rampantly. Last week, Tua put up 21. He was the 17th quarterback. Yeah. Crazy. Like, what? Yeah, quarterback. So, like, you could probably get a better option. But, look, listen, sometimes waiver options are weak, and is not the worst option. Someone said on Twitter, like, you know, with, with, you know, the top 18 quarterbacks all got 20 points. Like, what's a bad quarterback game at this point? Is it under 20? Are you, are you not? Are you disappointed if your quarterback gets under 20 at this point? I think, like, yeah, right? I'd say a bad quarterback game is under 17. I'd say under 18. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, let's go over to the running back position because it was weird. Jordan Howard got the most looks, but he sucks. 10 for 19. Uh, yo, I don't want to dismiss I, him like that. But, yo, Sal- Salvin Ahmed, seven carries, 38 yards, very efficient. Do you think that he maybe gets looks like Patrick Laird? What's, what, what do you think? Fuck this shit. Fuck it. Matt Breida got in a limited practice today. He's probably going to play. DeAndre Washington's going to be active. They recently got him. So it could be Breida. It could be Washington. It could be Ahmed. It could be Laird. It could be Howard. Just no. That's yeah. my answer. No. If I have to pick one, it's Breida. And no. 
Michael, how do you feel about it? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, if I have to pick one, it's Brita, but no, thank you. Yes, this is way. a this is just a huge problem waiting to happen. Yeah, we need Miles Gaskin back. What about the receivers? Devontae Parker, um, six receptions for sixty four yards. Preston Wilson, another uh, he had a sixty yard game on four receptions and he scored Williams. a touchdown. Wilson, excuse me. Uh Williams, excuse Williams. me. Williams. Mike Asicki, um three receptions Trash. for forty two yards. Uh, Jakeem Grant, all of a sudden, he got four catches out of nowhere. Welcome to the team again, Jakeem Grant. Um, he threw to Durham Slife, uh, Smith, Smythe, uh, Patrick Laird, Mac Hollins, who I didn't even know what was caught on. the touchdown. Yeah, he caught the touchdown. I didn't even know he was on the Dolphins. Um, so, like, who do we – how are you feeling about these, about these wide receivers? Yo, um – Probably should have been mentioned. I, I like. I know you want to prove the point that Tua threw to a lot of people, but it had to do with the fact that Preston Williams got injured, and once that happened, Jakeem Grant and Mac Hollins rotated on the outside, and Malcolm Perry worked in the slot. If I'm taking a shot on any of these men, it's Jakeem Grant. He was second in the team in targets, and he's just talented. Like he can make people miss, and we haven't always seen the returner. Add the uh, electric returner turn into a good wide receiver, but if I'm going to take a shot on anyone outside of Parker, I'm taking the electric returner who might turn into a good wide receiver because he can do things <laughs> with the balls in his hands. Yeah, I guess for me it'd be Jakeem, Jakeem Grant too. It's just right when the Preston Williams injury happened, I was like, man, I bet the Dolphins wish they still had Isaiah Ford. Like Isaiah Ford was the guy when Preston Williams was hurt in the past, but then they let him go. So now it's like Jakeem Brandt, like Jason said, Perry in the slot. Parker's the only one I'm starting this week. Let's see how it goes. Maybe add Jakeem Grant just to see his role in that offense moving forward. But yeah, you're starting Devontae Parker. Um, I'm a little scared that he doesn't have the ceiling that he had with Ryan Fitzpatrick at QB, but he's clearly going to be the one, the main guy. Like he had seven targets last week, led the team. Uh, now with Preston Williams out as well, Mike Kosicki has been just bad period. Um, Darren Smythe, like you said, the backup tight end. I'm not scared of him. I'm not scared of Mac Hollins really stealing targets. So I'm firing up Devontae Parker as more of a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three until we see more of Tua. But um, I do think he he has a decent chance to have a good game against the Chargers. Let's see how... Uh, I, I'm just very interested in seeing if Tua's really going to build off that performance last week and uh, continue to improve. All right, let's move on to our next game. It is the Bills at the Cardinals. Let's talk about Kyler Murray first. My lover. I love that guy. Um, I'm definitely getting like a shirt jersey of Kyler Murray. Um I just I just <laughs> a jersey. He's on my team and I not only that, I love watching him play. Um his 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 game reminds me of a way more talented ready for this? Mitch Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> um I'm, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. By the way, I'm joking. I just wanted to I just wanted to see what Jason's face looked like. Um, but yeah, let's start with Kyler Murray against a Bills unit that's been underperforming this year. So definitely not. Uh, oh, the scary Bills. You know, yeah, not by any means. Yeah. So Kyler Murray, you gotta love him in this in this matchup. And uh, if there's anyone against Shadavius White that you're that you're confident in, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Yo, you know what's interesting about Kyler Murray? Like, you see his size, and you see his rushing stats, and you'd assume it's the yards that he gets points from. But last week was the first time in his career he ever passed 70 rushing yards. He has eight rushing touchdowns yeah. in eight games. Yeah, he's basically been, like, the goal line running back. It's not even, he's not even getting at the goal line, though. 
He's he's it's it's long runs. That's why he's, yeah, like, he's just so slippery. That dude is can't be. No, you can't catch in the red zone. There, it's in the red zone. These rushing touchdowns. He gets to the outside. Out still, but, right, they're on yeah. the outside. It's not like he's like this quarterback sneaking him in. Slipper, slipper, slippery motherfucker, man. He's like Alvin Kamara at quarterback. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and in terms of DeAndre Hopkins, I continue to rank him lower than consensus. People always have him at like two. I always have him at like twelve. And it's just because, like last week, three catches, thirty yards. Mm. Two weeks before that, two catches, seventy-three yards. The week before that, against the Jets, when he put six one thirty-one and one on the board. 90 and one of that came on the last drive. Like he's been a little inconsistent with Kyler Murray. And when he's not getting targeted heavily with targets, um, which he hasn't too much as of late, he only has one game of over eight targets in the last four games. It's a little bit weary. And with Tredavious white blocking him, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another slightly down game for nuke. I will say this, I mean, Jason. I know you hate air yards. I know you really hate them. No. And I Oh no. I, I apologize in advance for, for citing air yards. You sure you want to say this? I do, because it should be it should be said that and even air yards don't don't count this. There was a couple of times where there was obvious just pass interferences on DeAndre Hopkins in the last game and he got dragged down and he would have had big games, but they just they jump on his back when he's open. That's and what they do. I know, and it sucks because he's beating <laughs> these dudes so bad they jump on his back and they get fifty yard pass interferences instead of you getting five points. You know, I am I am going to petition. I'm really gonna thinking about starting a petition where where pass interference yards count at least like half. For like if someone gets fifty pass interference yards, you get two point five points or something like that. Because it's almost as dumb as air yards. No, it's not because damn it. It's so annoying. I hate watching my player get pass interference. Um anyway, on the other side of the coin, uh Kurt uh uh what's his name? Well your, your favorite Kirk. guy, Christian Kirk. Yes, there you go. He balled out again, and now he's balled out in three out of four games. I think it's, it would be foolish to dismiss him as an option, uh, especially with Kyler Murray. Before he wasn't an option because Kyler Murray and his true throw value was so was so low. As Kyler Murray's true throw value is creeping up, you see Christian Kirk's true, tar- true target value also creeping up to the point where it is now. And I think that you have to start considering playing Christian Kirk as a number three receiver. You know, it's come to the point where we always say you got to be fluid, right? With uh, with your fantasy analysis, it's come to the point where I now have Christian Kirk higher than consensus. Um, I have missed my wide receiver 24 this week against Buffalo with uh, Tredavious White likely shadowing DeAndre Hopkins. I expect a lot more of Christian Kirk again. And look, I know this is a guy we have not liked in the past, um, but he's really turned up. And it's not like he's had good games. He's been a top 12 receiver three weeks in a row. Like, he was the number three overall, number 12 overall, and number 11 overall receiver three weeks in a row now, and he's getting those downfield targets. Going up against Buffalo, whose secondary has not been as good as advertised, I don't see how you don't start Christian Kirk at this point. Oh, oh, how things change. I mean, and there's always always a chance he lets you down because he's Christian Kirk, but with the way things are rolling, it's going to be tough to not put him in your lineup. Uh, Kenyon Drake might come back this week. 
Um, I believe he got a limited practice in today. Am I bugging when I say that? He did. He returned to practice. So returned to practice today, limited practice. Um, How do you feel about this Cardinals backfield? We mentioned uh, uh, on the show a couple days ago or weeks ago, we mentioned that Chase Edmonds hasn't really been the guy who we thought he would be handling the big role. Um, How do you feel about Kenyon Drake now coming back and uh, getting back in the action? I think Chase Edmonds did a decent job. I mean, 25 for 70 isn't going to, like, it's not good. And 3 for 18 isn't great, but he got 28 touches. Yeah, but 20, 20, 25 touches and, I mean, 25 rushes and, like, three three yards of rush, it's disappointing. What did he do? He put up a Kenyon Drake stat line. Yeah. The difference now is that Buffalo has been a worse run defense than Miami. And... Chase Edmonds had more touches and played more snaps and had a higher snap share than any game Kenyon Drake did this season. So as long as Kenyon Drake is out, you're still firing up Chase Edmonds. I would take Drake's limited with a grain of salt because it was a more serious injury. It's not like we just tweaked something and he got marked as limited. So I'm still holding out hope that Drake doesn't play for those with Edmonds. I don't know if this is a hot take, but if Drake does play, I'm playing him over Chase Edmonds. Like, I think Kenyon Drake's just going to go right back into his role as an early down. And I've been preaching about Chase Edmonds. I was like, be careful just believing in this guy as a set-it-and-forget-it top 12 guy with Drake out because, sure, he's been very efficient running, but we don't know how he's going to be as the main guy, not only running against light boxes on third downs and such. And 25 for 70 is certainly leaving a lot on the table. Um, So I think Kenyon Drake just re- gains that role upon his return. So if he comes back, I'm slotting him right back in as like a mid to low end RB2 and Chase Edmonds becomes just that flex play where you got to hope he gets involved in the passing game a lot. Uh, Anyone else you want to talk about in the Cardinals? A little Dan Arnold action? Serious? <laughs> Let's go over to the Bills side. Josh <laughs> Allen has been the Kyler Murray of the AFC East. Um, except he has not been as good, but we saw him come back with a bang against Seattle last week. The Cardinals have been beatable, although not as beatable as they have been in past weeks. How do you feel? I mean, past years, excuse me. How do you feel about Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Dude, hold on. I just need to... First of all, you start Josh Allen, man. Like, it's not that complicated. I don't know why people started fading him for a little bit. He's... He had some rough games. He's going to put up points, though, especially against Arizona. This is probably going to be a pretty decently high-scoring matchup. So I think Murray and Allen are both going to duke it out here. Me too. Um, in this game. Um, it, it'd be an entertaining uh, primetime game. But bes- that's besides the point. Josh Allen has checked the ball down, according to PFF, on eight of his 355 dropbacks this season. I tweeted this. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary have less um, checkdowns than J.D. McKissick does from Alex Smith all season. (laughs) Like, combined. So, he's going to sling it, man. And so, I think you're clearly showing Josh Allen. I think that says more about the running backs because everyone was touting Zach Moss as this pass catcher. Oh, Devin Singletary can catch passes. Both of them don't really catch passes. Um, I think two catches a game is nothing to write home about. Uh, Singletary had two rushes last week. He's basically off the face of the earth at the moment. <laughs> Zach Moss has become more of the 
um, goal line back, but they're just not really running the ball. This is just an offense that's going to throw and throw it far with Josh Allen. I do want to say, as you pointed out, Jay, that Josh Allen, you're starting him, period. I do want to say that I was very, uh, very happy about the fact that he put in work against Seattle because with the way he's been going, his true throw value has been plummeting opposite of Kyler Murray. He really needed to have a big game against Seattle, and he did. So regain some confidence there. But yeah, you're definitely starting him. The thing, look, Stefan Diggs right now, his expert consensus ranking is wide receiver three. And I understand it's Stefan Diggs. He's been very good. Um, Josh Allen has been overall good, but he has not been a top 16 receiver since week two. Week two is the only time he's been inside the top 16 receivers. How are you going to rank this dude as wide receiver three against the Arizona secondary that has actually been sneakily very good against the pass this year? Particularly Patrick Peterson. Yeah, so it's like, I I mean, I like Stefan Diggs as a strong wide receiver too, but I'm nowhere near high-end wide receiver one when it comes to Stefan Diggs for this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the Stefan Diggs hype does... It, it is a little concerning. I will say this just for just to go back a little for one second for Josh Allen. I think with Josh Allen, what you see from him is like normally a quarterback, if he's out of time, would check it down. What Josh Allen does is he just runs it himself. Uh, so I think that has something to do as well uh, with the checkdowns and not just the fact that the, the people can't check down. Um, and yes, yeah, Stefan Diggs overrated. I agree. John Brown had a great game last week. Cole Beasley still continues to be the bee's knees. How do you feel about them against the Cardinals? John Brown, more of the same, man. Like, there's this little patch that happened that everyone wants to forget about. Because, I mean, that everyone wants to focus on, but they should forget about it. Like, John Brown went on the field and healthy, has been productive for Josh Allen since last season. His whole life he's been productive when on the field and healthy, no matter who his quarterback is. It's true. The first two weeks, he was wide receiver 14 and 13. Last week, he was wide receiver 24. The weeks in between, he wasn't actually Smokey Brown out there. So he's always going to be a decent wide receiver three option. And you could probably get him for cheap right now, too. Um, yeah. Any, anyone else? Very cheap with the way he's been. I mean, you could have. He was probably dropped in some leagues prior to last week. I'm not going. I'm not like diving completely back into the John Brown pool. Uh, I think he's more of a flex play this week. I want to see if he could replicate his success because he has been pretty awful prior due to injuries and such. So I just want to put that out there. I'm not Shout diving out Dawson right back Knox. into it. Shout out Dawson Knox because him and um, Josh Allen did a celebration from Hot Rod last week. Did they? I missed that. That's fire. Yeah. What, what was it? Um, It's like when they like they head to head and like they grab each other's necks or some shit and just... Check it out. It's Hot Rod's a good movie. <laughs> I love Hot Rod. I love. I love. I always Andy think of Sandberg, the man. Andy Samberg is such a G. Every time I think of Hot Rod, I think of that guy uh, who throws the papers and like does that dance. I wish you could, like people could see the camera, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like when he was giving out, um, he was giving out the flyers. He just throw it like at people and then just like do that dance in front of them. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of uh, going back to football. The Cardinals have only given up given up five rushing TDs all season, and you know Devin Singletary has been mediocre, and Zach Moss so far has been good, but that's because he's been getting the touchdowns. Not exactly, you can't exactly bank on a touchdown by Zach Moss 
um, in this one. So how do you feel about the backfield here? I mean, Jason's touched on it uh, already. Touched with the pass catching. I want, I want to know about their about what do you what do you expect overall? I just I told you they've thrown eight checkdowns all year. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about their rushing ability. I prefer Zach Moss a lot. It seems like the running backs this year have been very like low scoring too. Or I don't know if I'm bugging out or not, but I do not remember a touchdown automatically making you like a top twenty running back. But that's the way it's been this year. It seems. Like Wayne Gallman, I think, was like a, a number one running back last week, putting up like 14 and a half points. Um, Zach Moss is very involved when it comes to short yardage goal line situations. And just he's been out playing Singletary. He played 55% of snaps to Singletary's 45. I prefer Moss by a pretty significant margin this week. Yeah, I'm starting Zach Moss in one of my leagues, and I'm, I'm semi-happy about it. Let's get into our next matchup. It is the 49ers versus the Saints. Um, Michael Thomas did not have a great debut, but we kind of saw that coming. Um, Again, another bad game for for Michael Thomas in terms of matchups. How do you feel about Michael Thomas? Uh, People have been waiting. When are they going to get the big game from him? I wouldn't necessarily call it a bad game. I mean, a bad matchup. Um, The 49ers are not the same team they once were. And Devontae Adams just destroyed the Niners. And Michael Thomas did get six targets in a game that was out of hand after really the first quarter. So he's probably ready to explode this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah, um, I'm with Jay. I'm starting. I think the Saints are pretty easy. Uh, Kamara, obviously. Thomas, obviously. Not super interested in the rest of the bunch because they're all super just mushed together now. Um, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders caught the touchdown, so he was useful last week. But five targets, Traquan had two, Callaway had two, Deontay Harris had one, Jared Cook had three. All those guys are not super enticing when there's these many mouths to feed. I'm starting Kamar and Thomas, and Breeze has been sneakily great of late. Um, Ever since his down start to the season where he, he didn't even put up 16 fantasy points his first two weeks, he's put up 23 16, 22, 23, 19, 22 and a half. So, I mean, he's been pretty damn solid um, against some pretty difficult matchups as well. So, I, I'm firing him up against San Francisco as well. Obviously, like Kamara, I, I think Emmanuel Sanders, you could do worse than him with the flex this, this game. Um, but besides that, yeah, like Michael said, um, you're not really looking at anyone here. Jared Cook loses a lot of value when Michael Thomas is in the lineup and when Alvin Kamara is in the lineup. Last week, yeah. last year, even we saw him thrive when one of those guys was missing. Very um, TD dependent. Yeah, for sure. Let's go over to the 49er side. Nick Mullins continues to be the quarterback there. Raheem Mostert said that he would like to come back this week, but Kyle Shanahan shut that down. So it's going to be another one where we're, it's going to be a little bit of an unpredictable backfield. It was Jarek McKinnon last week, which I was the only Brodo bro to predict that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll take it. I'll take the credit. I'll take the credit. Um, I'm confused. I ranked Jarek McKinnon as a top 24 option, Tim. I just preferred Hasty. It's not like I said McKinnon was going to be a bad play. Um, I started McKinnon in multiple leagues. Suck it. No, but that you you ranked you ranked what's Hasty over him? You ranked McKinnon higher than Hasty? I did. Ah, good call. I don't All right. You. I take back go my check, suck it. Go no. check it. Go check it. Go ch- check it. Check it. Check it. Wicket. Wicket. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, Jay, go check it because I'm actually I don't, I kind of don't believe Tim. Go ahead. Go ahead and check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, but. In terms of this week, how do you feel about the backfield here? Uh, McKinnon. McKinnon, you fuck. Huh? 
Hasty twenty one, McKinnon twenty four. Oh, my. that's funny. That ass. Way to go. Way to go, Tim. Yeah. For real? Closer than us, though. It's just, this is what I meant when I said average. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, no, motherfucker. But, yeah. Uh, you cannot start Jermichael Hasty this week. I don't care. Like, no, screw that at this point. You got it. Jarek McKinnon is the only one where you know the dude's going to get at least a little bit of work, which makes him the guy there. Um, New Orleans, we know, has a strong is strong against the run. They've allowed five top 24 running backs this year. So it's clearly not a great matchup, but I mean, if McKinnon's going to be the lead runner and the pass catching back, he certainly has appeal. I think he's a solid RB two this week um, with Mostert and Coleman remaining out. And apparently he's over his tired legs and Jermichael Hasty is just the change of pace guy at this point. So it was clearly McKinnon's backfield. I Again, we're talking about Kyle Shanahan, so. Take this with a grain of salt, but I do assume Jarek McKinnon will be a solid RB2 this week. What about these pass-catching options? The Saints secondary had a great game against Tom Brady. Uh, the Saints did this last year, too, where they waited for the second half of the year, and then their secondary, who a lot of people were like, hey, there's a problem here, turned up in the second half, Marshawn Lattimore in particular. And we saw Marshawn Lattimore step up against Mike Evans this week. 49ers are a little different because Marshawn Lattimore probably won't be shadowing a guy, it'll probably be more mix and match. Speaking of which, though, Brandon Ayuk back from the the COVID list. I mean, you gotta like Brandon Ayuk in this matchup. Do you like any other pass catchers, and do you like Ayuk? Ayuk is on fire. I do like Ayuk. Why not start him? That is the question I ask. Would you start him he or w- Justin Jefferson? Asking for a friend. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I'm playing you. Yeah, that Tim, that was a bad one. Michael, I'm asking you. Gotta, you I'm asking you Tim now. asked me, Tim pulled that on me last week and I actually fell for it, yo, with like five minutes to yeah. kick off at 12.55. I'm looking for an extension <laughs> cord or some shit. Like my mind isn't there. And Tim's like, yo, Andrews or Pollard? <laughs> and he goes, you know, you know, you just answered that for me, right? I ended up making the wrong choice. Tim actually started Pollard over Andrews, which I, I thought was stupid, but I ended to up be being honest, the right he choice doubled him, him. He doubled them up in points. Yeah. To Both be honest, suck, him, but they... I have them, I have them back to back. So make the decision yourself, you average person. I've been, I've been, I've been. <laughs> if you notice, Jason, I don't know if you've been following the matchup, but I've been switching them in and out of the lineup at least three times today. I have Ayuk. I have Ayuk higher than Jefferson by a little bit. This also depends on Debo. If Debo returns, Ayuk, I'm gonna knock it's down. It's looking like he's not. Yeah, yeah it's looking like he's not. But then, um, if he's not, then Ayuk. I, I mean, he missed the game because of COVID relations. Like, he was close to someone with it, not because he contracted the virus. So it's not like he's coming back from a sickness or he was injured or anything. He just missed it because of protocol. So I expect him to just jump right back into that role he had prior to the um, injury where he was looking like he was a another big up-and-coming rookie. So I do think he'd be a strong wide receiver three play um, as long as Debo remains out. I think- and I'm also... Hopping on the Jordan Reed train. Hey, I think he's going to be the one and two for them. Jordan Reed has a 37% target share when on the field this season. The only question is whether he's going to be on the field. And last week, I'm going to call it an anomaly since it was his first week back. Ross Dwelly played a lot. Dwelly played pretty well. The Niners use their tight ends. Jordan Reed is used when he's on the field. And I think that he's going to be healthier this week. They're going to need him to try to move the ball, and I think he's going to have a good game. I have him as a top 10 tight end. I think there also is something to be said about this game 
just don't put too much credence on it, but there is something to be said that the 49ers are coming Creed. off a game where they where they played on Thursday. So they have 10 days rest. And then the Saints played on Sunday night. So not so much rest. That tends to be a factor when you look back in the season. So just keep those things in mind as moving forward. Um, let's go over to our next game, though, as we move forward. The Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals visiting the Steelers. Let's start on the on the Steelers side because they had a they shit the bed against the a, a Cowboys team that we were banking on a blowout, um, which shows you just yeah. like any given Sunday, like the what anyone would have said was the worst matchup of the week um, ended up being a really close, tightly contested match, and who everyone said was the best matchup of the week with the Saints and the Bucks. It was a complete blowout. So, you know, that's why they call it football. That's why they play the games. And that's why it's not that easy to do what we do and to do what you guys are doing and winning in fantasy football. Um, but the show goes on. James Conner, bro, what the fuck is going on? Do you think that that was just that game? Or do you think that this is a three-headed backfield now? I'm not scared off of James Conner this week. Um, according to PFF, the Steelers used a four-wide receiver, one tight end set on 25 plays last week. They used that formation 26 times all season before that. Hmm. So last week was just weird. And I don't think we should use it as a indicator of what's to come. I think we just look at it as an anomaly. And I think that James Conner is, is going to be a decent play again. I mean, it's a very good matchup and McFarlane and Snell aren't as good as James Conner. And even if he's not seeing the work that Le'Veon Bell did, in 2018, he's still seeing a decent amount of work. I don't think this is, I don't think this is turning into a three-headed backfield. Yeah, I'm gonna ride it with Connor one more time as well. I do, and then like McFarland did come in and Snell, but like again, it was just an odd game. Like to be, it was kind of like a trap game for them, I think. And they just, they really shit the bed in that first half. I'm, I'm confused why people aren't more concerned about Big Ben. Like one. He's on the COVID list, so he might not be able to play unless he's he can be activated Sunday morning. So he, if that happens, he's going to play. But he can't practice this week. And the dude injured his knees or his knee last week. And a knee injury is not something that just give it two days rest and it goes away type of thing. Like this guy's old, has dealt with injuries in the past. I'm a little confused why people aren't a little more concerned about that injury. Um, the athletic is like the only... Um, the only outlet I listen to when it comes to injuries because these like fantasy doctors on Twitter always want to be the first one to say something and they just say some wild shit. Um, and they said that this looks similar to what he experienced a, a couple years ago when he missed two or three games. So I'm just, I don't know, I'm a little concerned about that because if Big Ben misses time, this whole offense takes a huge hit. But assuming Big Ben plays, uh, you're, I agree, you have to start Connor against Cincy. The Cincy run defense is terrible. Juju, Deontay, and Claypool. Like, which two out of three you, is it going to be this week? We don't know. We'll never know. Yeah, so like, you got to start. I don't all know three. how. Got to like, start all if three. If you, if you roster these guys, I think you kind of have to start them gotta, against gotta. the Cincy pass defense. But man, one of them's likely to shit the bed. One of them's probably going to go off. One of them's probably going to have a decent game. My guess is Deontay and Claypool and Juju because Juju's just the one who's been more volume-based, hasn't really made those splash plays, and he's seen fewer targets than the two typically. So I'm more on the Claypool and Deontay bandwagon than I am the Juju Smith-Schuster bandwagon. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm in that boat as well this week. Um, Jason, anything to add for the Steelers? I don't know. If, did Michael mention Ebron? We did not mention Ebron yet. Yeah, um, I'm still firing up Eric Ebron. I know he's a little touchdown dependent, but um, Big Ben's a decent quarterback to be throwing to the tight end. Um, and he has seen at least five targets going back three weeks now. Cincinnati is a good matchup. And with the tight ends, Travis Kelsey's out on bye. There's a bunch of other tight ends missing and not showing up, including Mark Andrews is on the milk carton right now. So I think that Eric Ebron has to be a start for you. Let's go over to the other side. Joe Mixon still not practicing. So keep an eye on Joe Mixon because, you know, why wouldn't you play the worst running back right after uh, the better (laughs) running back? You know, as soon as he gets injured, put the worst running back in there. Um, But, it's it's hard to say that even Gio Bernard would be a small a strong play against the Steelers defense that has absolutely killed teams. And when you're talking about a a guy in Mike Tomlin who has been around the league in so long and has has outsmarted so many guys, and you look at his doppelganger in Jim Harbaugh with the Ravens, remember what the Ravens did to Joe Burrow? They made him look like a rookie, and I and I think that the Steelers are going to do that again because the Bengals still struggle with the offensive line and the Steelers are still the best defensive line in the league, leading the league in sacks. And I think that plays a huge role in this game. And I'm having trouble starting anyone with super confidence in the passing game in this game. I don't know about that, man. Like I agree. Tyler Boyd has been a stud. He's been a top 30 wide receiver basically every week since week two outside of the one game against Baltimore. Pittsburgh hasn't been great against the pass this season. I know that it's an imposing front seven, but Joe Burrow is going to throw it a million times too. This guy averages 37, 47, 39, 30, 36. Like his pass attempts are insane every game. So something's got to give. So I'm going to disagree just based on volume. Look, I mean, I agree with Jason that the receivers. Look, I'm I'm not starting Joe Burrow. The Steelers haven't even allowed a top twelve wide receiver yet, but I do agree. I'm starting Boyd and Higgins, quarterback. Yeah, I'm starting Boyd and Higgins as a wide receiver two and three because the Pittsburgh pass defense, as I've stated all along, if they grant time to the opposing receivers, they can be beat. Um, they're averaging 180 yards to opposing receivers and one and a half touchdowns to opposing receivers per game. They're actually bottom ten in the league. They just happen to also not allow much else to opposing quarterbacks, but Boyd and Higgins have been Burrow's favorite targets. So I think this uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Boyd and Burrow this week as strong wide receiver twos and threes. I'm not super scared off by the pit secondary. I do want to say though, pretty hilarious. The Cincy offensive line, um passing wise on the PFF O line D line chart, uh the matchup chart. Passing wise, has to be the biggest discrepancy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like since he is minus one hundred six percent, I think. And you know, I just don't trust Joe Burrow making it out alive from that. And you know, it's Joe Hayden has been trash. That whole secondary has been trash. So I'm not like if 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 if, if Joe Burrow could play the best game of his life so far, uh, and he could stay upright against his team then the wide receivers definitely have a chance to succeed. I just don't see it happening. So I'm not I'm not sitting them. I'm just tempering expectations and maybe like like say T Higgins. I'm comfortable starting T Higgins, but if you got a better option on your bench and you're like between T Higgins and someone else, 
I just I'd go with the other guy because of, of exactly what I said. Uh, anyone else in this game you guys want to discuss? Uh, we shouldn't not talk about AJ Green. Oh yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, if you do want to fade a guy, I think it's AJ Green because the Pittsburgh defense isn't awful and. They're prone to giving up some longer plays, and A.J. Green is old man Rivers who's not going to make any longer plays. So I just don't really see the upside with A.J. Green this week. Let's go to the next game. It is the Seahawks at the Rams. Pete Carroll, after they got blown out last game, said, we had a really great game plan if they were going to run the ball, and then they decided not to run against the Bills. Um, Very frank there because, yeah, the Bills just didn't run in that game at all, and it was all passing, and they didn't know what to do about it. I know that Sean McVay builds his running, he builds his team on the running game, but at the same time, he's also smart. I would not be surprised if he lets it rip. He lets Jared Goff uh, fly like a Seahawk against the Seahawks. Um, I love Robert Woods in this game. Um, I could see Cooper Cup doing well. I don't like him as much as Robert Woods, but I like him as well. Uh, and. That's how that's how I'm feeling. Uh, you should I, love I, both of those. Guys. I love the, I love yeah. them both. I like Robert Woods better. Seattle only one quarterback hasn't passed 300 yards against them. Three quarterbacks have top 400 yards. Six quarterbacks have multiple touchdowns. This is the game to throw, especially because Daryl Henderson didn't practice today. So who knows if the best running back they've had so far even plays. Um, so keep an eye on that for our rankings because that's going to affect where I rank Akers and Brown. So I think that the running backs might even have some um, cat pass catching appeal in this game, but I do think they're going to let Goff throw the ball, and I think hopefully we see it's it's a shame that we don't know if Higby or Everett are valuable because one of them is probably going to have a good game. Um, but I'm definitely firing up Cup and Woods confidently. I go yeah, Higby. Same over here. Everett. Also, Seattle is getting. Snacks Harrison this week, who they signed and has said for the last month has been working on his conditioning to get back into game form. Uh, Snacks Harrison in his days was one of the best run stuffing ones, run stuffers in the league. And that's where the Seahawks have excelled this year, stopping the run. And they've been absolutely atrocious against the pass. I'm all aboard the woods and cup train. I think even Josh Reynolds has interesting flex appeal here as someone who has been uh, getting more and more targets each week uh, as frustrating as it is for players who roster cup and and woods higby and everett are just a complete toss-up at this point but i do agree with the backfield we really have to wait and see how that how the injuries and such are playing out there to see uh what's going on but i'm not really a big fan of the running backs in general in this matchup i think it's going to be a lot of jared goff also the rams i was talking about the uh o-line d-line matchup in the cincinnati game the rams have by far the worst o-line d-line matchup when it comes to running the ball. So keep that in mind as well. Um, yeah, so it seems as though it seems as though we're not let's not get into the running backs as Michael and Jason and Bull said, like there's impossible to tell right now. Follow us at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for all of our updates as we go on. We are recording this right now uh Wednesday at eleven twenty eight PM Eastern time. So we are as close um we're basically at Thursday at this point, but a lot a lot can happen between Thursday and Friday. So uh, definitely make sure that you're, you are following on Bro- at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Let's go over to the Seahawks side because, I mean, at this point, if Chris Carson plays, you're going to play him. You're definitely never going to sit 
the what's it, Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf has faced great cornerbacks before, like he will do right now with Jalen Ramsey, and he has beat them all. Tyler Lockett has had his best games when DK Metcalf is facing those those high quality cornerbacks. I mean, it's really that simple. I mean, you could take you could take a shot at David Moore because David Moore has, like Jason said, he's been a, a wide receiver one as many times as wide receiver two, wide receiver two as many times as Mark Andrews has been a tight end one. So taking a chance on him is is like taking a chance on Mark Andrew in your tight end spot for your uh, wide receiver three spot. It's it the Seahawks again funnel. It's it's we're not really going to talk much different. Like you got to start all these guys. I know that Tyler Lockett's up and down, but this looks like an up up week for Tyler Lockett too. I agree with all of those sentiments as to the we know who to start. It's a fun offense. I just I have a bad feeling about this game. Hmm. Interesting. Only one quarterback is going for three or hundred yards or more against the Rams. Only um half of the quarterbacks haven't thrown for a touchdown. And I know Russell Wilson is better than all of those guys. But there's always that one game where Russ struggles for some reason, and it's typically an interdivision game. I just think that I just have that type of feeling for this game. They're away. Um, Jalen Ramsey's playing very well. I I'm a little lower consensus on Metcalf, Lockett, Russ. I have all those guys ranked lower than most. It's a uh, it is tough because the Rams have been just superb um, as a pass defense this year, and. They are one of four teams, Washington, the Rams, Chicago, and Baltimore, are the only teams to allow less than five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this year. We're entering week 10. That's a tall task, four or less touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. I think this is one of those classic Metcalf or Lockett. One of them is going to go off because it's just, it's Russ. That's what happens. Like, one of them is going to go off. One of them is probably going to be a big disappointment. Uh, you guys know I'm a huge Metcalf guy. I thought it was a joke that he was going before Tyler Lockett in drafts, and he's just been so he's been so consistent. So I prefer Metcalf, but I do still think like you can't stock it either because he could always go for just 40 points. So I do agree that there's some concern here, um, more concern than most weeks when it comes to Seattle. But... I mean, you kind of have to fire these two up because of how ridiculously high their ceilings are. There's two ways that this game could could play out. It could be a division matchup where both defenses kind of step up and everyone disappoints because they're they're so familiar with each other. Or it's going to be an absolute fucking barn burner shootout slugfest, which you're going to love every single second of that. Um, Real quick before we move on, Jacob Hollister outsnapped Disley and Olsen and put up five for 60 last week. Wow. So um, let's just avoid the tight ends there until further notice. Both of these teams, great teams for the tight end. Tight end gets a lot of work. Both have multiple tight ends, and we don't know who to start. So uh, Tyler Higby, man, what a disappointment. Jacob Hollister last week saw seven targets, which was shocking. That was like the first big difference among tight ends, but like there wasn't a crazy snap count difference or anything. So I agree. I'd, I'd rather just stay away. Let's go over to the Sunday night game, the Ravens at the Patriots. Once upon a time. Sunday night football on MSG. Jason, you said Ravens and the Pats are the best on TV. Jason, you said the wrong thing. You said NBC. It's MSG. Yeah, I usually change it to NBC. I know it's the MSG song, but it's NBC that we're singing. No, you're you're singing that you you sing the NBC song all the way, 
and you Cam just Newton isn't gonna have a good game. You just because change the boss is coming to town. Yeah, that's that. That's not the Knicks. That's not the MSG song. That's the or touchdown. <laughs> Mike, Jason, you're not changing any words. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that's the, the Sunday Night Football song. And that's Where? why this thing infuriates me that you guys do because you just replaced the word NBC with MSG and it makes no sense. <laughs> well, no, it starts. It starts correct. The no, you used to sing the Friday, Friday Night Knicks theme song, but you don't do that. You guys don't do that anymore. You just sing the the, the Sunday Night Football theme song and you replace you replace SNF. I mean uh, NBC with MSG. That's all you do, and it makes no sense at all. None. Just embrace it, man. For those who don't You're know, you the weird one. I'm the weird one. <laughs> You guys just sing the real song and replace the words. Replace MS, NBC with MSG. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you sound like a hater, my man. All right, let's go to the, let's go to the Patriots side. Guys, guess how many passing TDs the Patriots have as a team this season? Like four. Jason? A six. Three. Or three. Yeah, three. Three. It is hard to tell you with a good conscience to start any Patriots against the Ravens. But with that being said, we should shout out Jacoby Myers. Because Jacoby Myers, since the injuries to the guys around him, Nikhil Harry and uh, Julian Edelman, he has become the focal point of the offense in the last few weeks. His last two games, his target share is over 40% in each of the games. 40%. That's ridiculous. Last week, he cooked Pierre Desir, but at the same time, Everyone fucking cooks Pierre Desir this season. Uh, it's a tough matchup, but Baltimore has been 17th in DVOA against the number one receiver for what it's worth. So, are you riding the Jacoby Myers points wave, or are you saying, no thank you, Jacobs? We saw this song once before, and it was called Julian Edelman in week one, two, three, and four. Like that? Dude, like if you have to start a wide receiver from the Patriots and like you're really desperate. Jacoby Myers is an option. He's a decent flex play this week, I guess. I'm not ready to hop on board, man. Baltimore is a tough matchup. Cam Newton is a bad quarterback. Going 12 for 169 is, is a good game, man. And But it did happen against the Jets and I just don't trust Cam Newton. I mean, it's as simple as that. I don't trust Cam Newton. I don't trust that offense. And I don't trust that Myers is going to see that many targets. Yeah, Cam has three passing touchdowns on the year, like you said, Tim. And like I said about the Rams, also applies to Baltimore, one of four teams to allow less than five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. Factor that into the fact that Cam Newton has only thrown three touchdowns this year. And I'm just staying away. I think Jacoby Myers, the target, chasing those targets is fool's gold, man. Baltimore is one of four teams to have um, less than five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. Match that with Cam, and I think Jacoby Myers is just fool's gold, man. If you could get something for him in a trade, do it. Um, Cam Newton's true throw value is 38th, lowest among starting quarterbacks. Big pass for me here on Jacoby Myers. So that's that with him. I'm going to take a trip into the into the backfield. Of the Patriots. Backfield. It is the wheel of the Patriots backfield. You just yelled backfield. Yeah. As if that rhymes a fortune or something. No, I just I just went over the fortune. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because you know, copyrights and ish. But yeah. You know how that should go. Um Rex Burkhead 
Come on down. You won the lottery of Patriots running backs last week. Um, you know, there's no way to know who's going to produce ever, ever. It's been this way for 10 years. Who knows? So in that uh, in that 14-team league I'm in uh, that was broadcasted on Sirius when I, like, I'm drafted against some studs like Andy Barron's and such, um, first off, I'm 7-2 and two in that league, uh, second place of 14 teams. You know, I actually added Rex Burkhead and started him last week. So, And then on Sunday morning, I dropped him for Jordan Wilkins because I was shocked Jordan Wilkins was still available. Ended up winning anyways, but I was a little upset because I kind of knew Rex Burkhead was in line to have a de- decent game against How? the Jets. How? How? How could you possibly know that? What gave you the inkling? I don't know. I just felt it in my loins. You exactly. know, sometimes you feel it in your loins. Exactly. And that's the best fantasy advice that we can give you for the Patriots. Whichever one you feel in your loins, that's the one you go with. But in, in, case, in case you're uncomfortable <laughs> ranking via loins, um, don't do anything with the Patriots running backs. Maybe we should change our name to the Brodo Loins. That's a terrible idea. It this is a terrible idea. The worst but idea. But I do want to say... <laughs> If Damian Harris misses the game, Rex Burkhead becomes a lot more interesting. You're even that, in a facts. Even in a difficult matchup against Baltimore, because Rex Burkhead basically becomes workhorse esque when uh when he's given the opportunity with injuries and such. But like otherwise, I don't know how you could start anybody on the Patriots offense. There's a chance Sony Michelle returns though. I Oh my god, it, that that would be like the the opposite of what you just said. And I think James White is the, <laughs> I think that James White is the play this week, uh, because no, of, James White is never the play. I tried yeah, telling you this all off season. Stop talking about James White. I'm I refuse. No, I think James White no, is the play the, this week. The my and Jason sentiment of just don't draft any Patriots ever this entire off season and be happy about it has literally been like. Glorious. Boom shakalaka. Congra- it's just been glorious. Congratulations. I think James White's a good play this week. So fuck Congratulations. You. You're average. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go on to the last game. Monday Night Football. No, the Ravens, oh. man. Oh. <laughs> You're actually singing, though. Yeah, that was great. Well, I was going to say so, some other shit, but whatever. Let's go to the Ravens. I was uh, excited to sing. I was. Uh, we know what the Patriots do. They take away your best weapons. The only, nah. the only problem is, what are they going to do here? They're probably going to put a spy on Lamar. So what what do they do from then on? Do they take away Mark Andrews? That would be the strategy last year, except Mark Andrews hasn't been really been effective. Do they take away Hollywood Brown? He really hasn't done anything anyway. Uh, do they take away the running backs? They are, that's probably what they're going to focus on. They're going to focus on stopping the run, stopping Lamar from running. I think that opens up a little bit for Hollywood Brown and for Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews hasn't been... Um, hasn't been targeted in the red zone uh, in three weeks now, and he sucked in three weeks. I think he will get a red zone target in this one. I think he has a good chance to catch a touchdown. Uh, the reason, though, is because of game script, and lately when I've been betting on game script, I've been getting burned. So take that with a grain of salt. How do you guys feel about it? I think that if you need to start Mark Andrews, you can, but he does need to score a touchdown, and the Ravens have not looked good. It's as simple as that. Um Mark Andrews hasn't looked good. Hollywood Brown has seen five or less targets in the last three weeks. And the Pats have a good secondary, man. Um, so I don't like Hollywood or Andrews, actually. I'm going to go against you. I think the Patriots D isn't too bad. And the Ravens are sputtering. So who's who? The Ravens, Lamar are, Jackson. The Ravens are not sputtering. They're 7-2. and two. 
Lamar their Jackson. Offenses, their offense is Lamar Jackson actually year. just came out and said that teams are calling their plays out. Hmm. Yeah, Tim, to say they're not sputtering, they're like bottom 10 in offensive efficiency this year after that ridiculous season last year. Uh, that's like the, the Ravens have become the team that you avoid at all costs in fantasy too. Like if we're being honest, Ravens and Patriots, this game may end up being the game where you don't want to roster anyone on these damn teams, Jay- especially because Mark Ingram's practicing again. If he comes back, there goes Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins fantasy value too. Jason, that the, what you just said, has scared me the most of anything else that Lamar Jackson came out and said teams are calling out their plays because you got to remember Arthur Smith, not Arthur Smith. That's from the Titans. Greg, um, Roman. Greg Roman. This is his first shot at offensive coordinator, right? So he, he has a ton of success and we've seen this uh, um, before too. So he has a ton of success and then he doesn't change anything, but then teams all of a sudden, remember it's a different league when you go from hunted from hunter to hunted and now they're the hunted and now teams have all this, all this film on them. If you're not changing the plays up, then you got a problem. And and Johnny also, our brother Johnny, by the way, shout out uh, Sneet. Um, Johnny also <laughs> mentioned that when you watch Lamar Jackson, and and he's made me look at it, the dude can't throw anything outside the hash marks. It all of his work is in front of in front of the middle. And if he does throw in the in the hash marks outside the hash marks, it's because he's rolling out that way. So it's. It's interesting to watch how limited Lamar Jackson has been. And I, I don't know, man. I just I think Mark Andrews has a shot because of the Patriots take our I think the Patriots are gonna want to take away the running game, and that's what they're gonna commit to. Um but again, like I said, I've been getting burned on game script dependent type predictions. So um that could be one as well. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Uh just that backfield, Edwards and Dobbins are interesting if Ingram sits. I do prefer Gus the bus, but if Ingram plays, that's just going to be another the three-headed backfield that everyone was dreading in the beginning. Well, the first like seven or eight weeks of the season will be back, and that's something you do not want to be a part of. Um, we actually forgot to talk about Lamar Jackson. How do you feel about Lamar in this game? Uh, I mean, look, he's been super uneventful compared to last season. Still, uh, the still hyper decent. efficiency and touchdown passes are gone. It's just kind of he's just been super buoyed by his legs, except right. his legs are the only thing that's been keeping him afloat. Like if he's not throwing touchdowns and he's throwing for 180 passing yards, like congratulations, you got six or seven points just passing. The rest you got to do with your legs. Got to be with the legs. Like, yeah. And now against New England this week, New England has struggled historically more so against running quarterbacks, but. I'm I'm just not super excited about Lamar Jackson this week because I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, let's go over to the Monday Night Football on XFL. Monday Night Football on uh, MSG salted Chinese food. <laughs> I'm so confused of what just happened. I'm Every just they make now. Oh, no MSG, MSG no MSG. Know. Yeah, weird. Sunday night football on MSRP. Monday night football on AARP. Yeah, that's right. I'm just replacing letters. That make no sense. Uh, Vikings at the Bears. Let's start with the Vikings. Irv Smith, two catches for two touchdowns last game. But he did have a 20% target share. Overall, the Vikings have increased their usage to the tight end. 
uh, specifically to Irv Smith over the last four games, something that we've highlighted over the past few weeks. Um, eight half PPR points or more in three of those four games. Uh, you know, well, like we said every year, and like it ends up happening every year, tight end is a is a absolute dumpster fire mindfuck. So is Irv Smith someone you're considering against the Bears who have been good? Top 13 tight end. Three of the last four games the Vikings have played. So, yes, you have to start considering him. And I know that there's not that much work. But you know what? It's because Dalvin Cook has been going nuts. And it's also because that doesn't really matter because Kirk Cousins is super efficient. He is fourth in the league in true throw value right now. Last week was his best game, and he only completed 10 passes. That's just crazy. Um, And two of those passes went to Irv Smith. So I do think he's a decent option if you're looking for someone to help your team. I agree. Okay. Especially because Chicago has struggled against opposing tight ends as well. Um, let's go over to the outside, the wide receivers. The Bears have not struggled against wide receivers. Uh, Adam Thielen, Justin Jackson. Last game, Justin Jackson, considering that... Jefferson. Kirk, Justin Jefferson, excuse me. The la- last <laughs> game, considering Kirk Cousins threw the ball so little, um, Jefferson's stats were actually pretty decent. Um, the Bears are one of those teams who have been stifling quarterbacks, have only given up 15 points a game to quarterbacks. Dalvin, this 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 team runs on Dalvin Cook, obviously. Dalvin Cook has absolutely gone berserk now two weeks in a row, Derrick Henry style last year. This is a good running defense, though. Do like how does the how does the offense work? Because I, I feel like if if Dalvin Cook is having a good game, it's gonna be a Dalvin Cook game and you just have to accept it. But if he's getting stifled even a little bit, then you're talking about the pass-catching work. Then you're talking about Adam Thielen is probably going to have a good game because just like always, Kirk Cousins starts the year trash, and then all of a sudden you look up and Kirk Cousins is having a pretty good year. Um, (laughs) And that's kind of what he always does. So I think the wide receivers, this is, again, going to be just such a game script dependent game. How do you guys see it playing out? Yeah, I'm... Shook uh, for Thielen and Jefferson because Minnesota has made it very, very clear that if Dalvin Cook is rolling, they're just going to give him the ball over and over and over, as you've seen the last two weeks in which he surpassed 40 fantasy points in both games. And now he gets Chicago, who has been way worse on the defending the run than they have been through the air. Like uh, I said, for the Rams, Chicago, Washington, uh, excuse me, Baltimore, Chicago is one of four teams of the four I just named to allow less than five touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. Not great for Thielen and Jefferson. Irv Smith we like because the Bears have been more exploitable against a tight end. And the real way to exploit their defense is through the ground. And that's exactly what Minnesota is trying to do. So, yeah, I'm shook if uh, I'm starting Thielen and Jefferson because they have a bunch of potential, sure. Um, They have a bunch of upside, sure, as we've seen. But if they don't get the looks, which that's just not how that offense has been operating, then how could you really trust them as guys that you could put in your lineup with uh, with confidence? It's, it's tough for me. Let's go over to the other side with the Bears. There's a chance that the Bears don't see the field a lot because the Vikings just controlled the clock um, so much. With that being said, you're not excited about the Bears' offense regardless, although this is a good matchup against a Vikings secondary that has struggled. 
How do you feel about Nick Foles and the pass catching options for the Bears? The Mooney line. It took us all the entire week. We're finally at the Mooney line. Um, yo, so actually Nathan Drankey of PFF um, noted that Mooney is tied for 16th most targets for a wide receiver since week four. And every other player within that top 16 is rostered at least in 79% of Yahoo leagues. So, like, these are all top-notch guys that um, Mooney is in company with at the moment in terms of targets. And the Vikings are a decent matchup, so I don't hate Darnell Mooney. And I focus on him because you know you're starting Allen Robinson. Yeah, and the Bears' running game has been so bad that Nick Foles has been forced to throw, like, 40-plus times every game. He's actually been the QB 15 three of the last four weeks. So he's actually been, like, a streamable quarterback three of the last four weeks. And the Minnesota Vikings have allowed 16 touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this season, tied with Dallas for worst. 13 is the closest after those two. So Minnesota and Dallas is by far have been the worst against um, blocking, uh, stopping opposing receivers from finding the end zone. So I agree that Mooney's an interesting flex play, and uh, I'm all aboard the A-Rob train again this week. Uh I think he has some big potential here. I think he finds the end zone and could be in for a big day if Dalvin Cook has another one of those crazy performances and they keep scoring touchdowns and they need to keep up with Minnesota. Um, What about Jimmy Graham? Uh, Jimmy Graham is just the, the prototypical tight end where he could get you two points, he could get you 14 points. It depends on the matchup, and we've seen it all year long. It seems like Jimmy Graham is in a good spot, and then he gets two points, and then he was in a good spot last week and I actually streamed him against you, Tim, and he was the tight end two on the week, 50-plus yards and a touchdown. He had a great week. It's just tough to trust a guy who has been so up and down, um, but this is a good matchup against Minnesota, So, and with the tight end landscape the way it is, I'm not – I'm I'm okay with uh, starting Jimmy Graham again this week against Minnesota with just the way that tight end landscape is. Especially like yo, this the tight ends this week without Kelsey and Kittle and like Ertz, three guys who have been mainstays for years. It's just so disgusting. So yeah, I think Jimmy Graham has some appeal this week against Minnesota because he has shown multiple times this year that he can be a very productive tight end. Um, how many games does he have this year? Three games inside the top 10. Two of them have actually been top two performances. Let's go over to the backfield here. David Montgomery has been absolute trash, and he is in concussion protocol right now. Um, I, Yeah, he's, he didn't practice today. Obviously, still in the concussion protocol. Even when he does play, this might be like a, a saving grace for you because David Montgomery has been trash yet again. Um, his last game, 14 attempts for 30 yards. So uh, bad, yo. Yeah. Uh, two two games ago it was 14 attempts for 48 yards. Uh, it's just it's just been bad. So um I mean, is it Montgomery's fault? Is it the fact that this team just can't run block? One big difference between this team uh two years ago when they were 13 and 3 and now was they had Jordan Howard and Tariq uh Tariq Cohen doing their thing uh, in that backfield and making great plays. David Montgomery has not been doing that. 
Uh, he's been costing them for years now, and he's been costing your fantasy team if you're playing him because, I mean, unless unless you're playing him at 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 uh, what do you call uh, flex? It's he's not. Did we get it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Am I going too hard right now? This shit all Montgomery part. I mean, I, yeah, fuck, this week. All right, fuck David Montgomery is the question. Who? What, I was. I was. The just reason. Gonna say, what I, I was gonna. What, what, let me. Let me f- pr- phrase the question. Is it just David Montgomery who's this bad, or is it the the lion, or is it the Bears' overall running game? And if it is the Bears' overall running game, who are you starting this week back there? Yeah, um, I think Montgomery is very bad, but the Bears also are bottom two in the league in like yards before contact. Like they're they're not a good offensive line, and they're not good for running purposes. So I don't like, but Montgomery is also bad. I wouldn't be surprised if let's not forget the Bears have Lamar Miller. And we've seen people like Wayne Gallman be activated and then become the number one back. Like sometimes the backup just doesn't play. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Lamar Miller this week if he gets activated because Corderell and Null is not a good matchup. Brian Null looks like a tight end who can't really move playing running back. It's very weird. I don't want anything to do with either of them. Yeah. Um, I would prefer Cordero Patterson. Um, of the two, but again, this is something I would not really want to target here. Maybe if you roster David Montgomery and you have to play him Monday night, uh, add Cordero Patterson just to replace him if there's no distinction on his if he's going to play or not prior to Monday. But I do want to say I was a featured expert in Fantasy Pros um, this past week, and David Montgomery was my sell high, which usually he's everyone's buy low, and I was like, David Montgomery's a bum. I don't care if he has a good matchup. I'm not trying to have this guy on my roster from now through the playoffs because he's not going to win you a championship getting you 12 points. Congratulations. So sell him while you can. And after last week's performance, his stock has probably dropped a decent amount, but I'd still try to move on from him. And that's that. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? That's all, folks. That's it. We have previewed every single game as we do, every single fantasy player as we do. That is how the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast does. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason? At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. And don't forget to follow us all on on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Uh, At Brodo Fantasy is where you can check all of the updates going into the season. Uh, Go, I'm sorry, going into the week. Uh, because it's very important. Again, we're we're this, it is now eleven fifty seven p.m. on a Wednesday night, about to be turned into Thursday morning uh, in New York City. But with that being said, there is news that happens obviously Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the way to follow that news is to follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. You could also give us a follow on IG. Uh, that's more of like a, a fun place to have like debates and and things like that. Uh, look at cool videos, cool pictures, and that is uh, at Brodo Fantasy as well. Uh, please don't forget to sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy to support the show. Anything that you can give is appreciated, and you get tons, tons, and tons more extras, including um, access to the community and the Discord, uh, access to leagues, and access to... Um, there was one other big one. Oh, extra episodes. There you go. That's the big one. And of course, tons, tons more that we, uh, we won't run through there. Go check it out. Bro. Uh, Patreon.com slash Broto fantasy. Uh, if you want to be a patron as well, uh, yeah. And then Broto fantasy.com. If you want to visit the, the, uh, the website where we have our rankings and everything else, it's late. I don't even know. I like, I lost my own train of thought in the middle of that.
I'm not going to lie. Can you tell? Did it sound like it? No, you did good. Oh, okay. Sometimes sometimes I, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I, I lose my train of thought or I, or I think I messed up something really bad because I didn't say it the way I saw it in, I, in my head. And then I listened to it over and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that wasn't that bad. You're um, average. <laughs> Yo, I don't like this. I, I don't want it to become a thing. I'm just putting that out there. It's not. It's the one episode thing, all right? Average boy. <laughs> Later. Later. Later.